Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. I'm your host, Brandon, and welcome to the new and improved one episode a week. I don't know if it's improved, but it's what we are going to make do with for the interim as husband and daddy duties take over in my personal life. I am (laughs) unable to come out with two episodes a week just to save face with the family and make sure that I'm taking care of everybody on that end. Just need to be present as any of you know who have a family, who have a kid, who have newborns. It's sometimes difficult being in this content creating space because it's time consuming, especially with those of us that already have a day job like myself. So work with me here. I'm going to be coming out with an episode every Wednesday now where we'll review the top performers of the week and we'll analyze our favorite matchups going into the next week. Also, a cool caveat with this new format is that I'm going to be looking at trying to push the pavement to bring more guests on, to bring more analysis other than myself, because I know that I have a good filter in terms of what's quality for fantasy and how to best play your lineup out there and just review what happens. But it's always great to bring in outsiders to evaluate the situation. So we'll be pump, we'll be pounding the pavement to get a guest on. We have a guest coming up for week 10's episode. We'll let that be a surprise for you all. And we'll just uh yeah we'll just keep working that angle just to improve this podcast uh look to have a guest in the coming weeks you know somebody to analyze what happened the week before and then maybe a guest the next week for week 11 for somebody to preview week 11 it's best matchups with us and i know we're we're going to leave stones turned unfortunately i would prefer to leave no stone unturned but you know what, stuff's going to get missed. Like, how are we supposed to know that the Chicago Bears are going to figure it out and Justin Jefferson is going to then become Michael Vick 2.0 and they're going to start using playbooks out of the Lamar Jackson playbook in Baltimore. So there's so much that we can't all factor in with fantasy. But you know what, let's review the data. Let's take a look at what happened in week nine and see how we can propel that into a week 10 victory. So without further ado... Let's get into it. Here we go. In this new format of the show, we are going to have to be a little more concise, and that's okay because it's just one of those things where we just can't do everything we want to. So there's a couple of things that are going to get extracted here, and well, first off, let's not get it twisted. We're still brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us on phantomsportsindustries.com for all your sports section needs on the internet, We have stories. Um, We also have a merchandise store. Check out our new NBA City jerseys that were just designed. They're pretty sweet. A little alternative action for all you. Reasonable price, too. So, yeah, go check those out in our store as well. The NBA City jerseys, new on the Phantom Sports Industries store. So, other than that, uh, we're going to go into our All Fantasy Week 9 no longer doing the week that was week nine. 
just, uh, you know, most people already know the results of the games, but I want to do it again because it's a fun segment to do. But when I have more time, we'll we'll jump on that for sure. So all fantasy week nine, starting off with Justin Fields. That was a shocker. Uh, The way he diced up that Miami defense, that was surprising, but almost Michael Vick-esque, to be frank. Uh, You know, the Chicago Bears coaching staff did say they evaluated some of the Baltimore Ravens plays over the bye week when they had that and they started introducing that into the Justin Fields repertoire for play calling and voila here's the results that we have to look forward to um you know it's I I know I dogged Justin Fields quite a bit in the early season but I think it was more so the way that the Bears were using him and not letting him throw the ball but who would have thought maybe it wasn't necessarily throwing the ball more but giving him those designed run opportunities. Uh, it paid off today. I ran into a buzzsaw with Justin Fields in one of my matchups, lost because of it. And uh, I, the guy that played him in both leagues, it's funny, he's in two leagues with me and he played him and he was to gain from that. And Miami's defense, this begs the question, you know, next time Miami has played like a more dynamic offense, is their defense going to be able to hold up? I know that they just got Bradley Chubb and are still integrating him in, but man, to for the for them to allow the Bears to do what they did with Justin Fields on them just seems illegal and a little surprising that an NFL defense wouldn't have at least tried to key him. And obviously Justin Fields, great athlete, but man, he was quite the difference maker. And that's why we didn't see any production from any of those other Bears running backs like Herbert or Montgomery because Justin Fields was doing all of it. So Impressive day for Justin Fields. And then another impressive day for Joe Mixon, who had his way against the Carolina Panthers. I definitely guess getting a little heat for saying something regarding running backs for certain teams. And I, Joe Mixon, up until this game, he had only had three total touchdowns in the season. And he had five against the Panthers. If you're the Joe Mixon owner and you didn't win in your fantasy week, you need to check the rest of your team because, honestly, there are a couple of Joe Mixon owners. I was seeing what had happened in the Thursday night performance on their team, and I thought they were surely done for. Little did I know Joe Mixon was going to come in and absolutely destroy the Panthers' defense. Panthers' C-line coach got fired after the game, too, and... Like I said, Joe Mixon only three touchdowns week before, and we had kind of thought that you know after the big Alvin Kamara week in week eight, Joe Mixon could be due for one. Derrick Henry could be due for one next. Who knows? Depends on the matchups. But, man, if you have a running back that's like one of those stalwart backs and they're going up against the Panthers right now, you got to be playing them. It was kind of weird because like Leonard Fournette didn't do the same thing against the Panthers that Mixon did, but Mixon might Mixon probably better than Fournette. Dip, you know, depending on the week, I I would take Mixon before Fournette if I was a football coach, and probably. But in fantasy, like Fournette has definitely made a case where you'd want him over Mixon sometimes. So it's truly how is the offense going to take advantage of opportunities. Joe Mixon gets a couple more opportunities as well in the passing game because there's no Jamar Chase right now. So as he did catch that one where he was running a route and kind of the shallows where it was more so kind of where Jamar Chase would be at times. So, um, yeah, it, credit to Joe Mixon. That was 
a hell of a performance. And may I, will we see it again? I'm not sure. I bet we're going to get quite a bit of regression here, but as long as he's putting up these numbers, you should be looking at playoff playoff aspirations if he stays healthy and if he keeps rolling the way he is. Now, my the rookie running back that's been blowing us all the way, Kenneth Walker, second RB2 of the week. Man, he would probably have been your RB1, though, if you had him. He's just doing what he did at Michigan State. There's no other way to say it. Impressive performance all around. Uh, I just, it, it's what you'd expect from him. And it, it's what you'd, well, it's what it's not what you'd expect from him, but it's what you would have wanted him to be. You were drafting him for potential, and he has been living up to that. So with that being said, no questions asked. Uh, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. So he's an insert into your lineup now. Every week, there's no way around it. He has to be the guy. He is, he's proving it every single week. And same thing with our flex, you know, our top, our number three running back, Travis Etienne. You can't deny his non-star ability. You have to start him now. He's going to get all the opportunities in that backfield. Why they traded James Robinson. And he was our flex of the week because he didn't outperform the wide receiver of the week. I mean, no, not really. Not the wide receiver. Different category. Sorry. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup were our top three wideouts this week. And they should honestly be, they have the potential to be the top three every week because of the difference they make in their offenses. Devontae Adams, obviously top receiver of the week. If you had him, hopefully he won you your week. Tyreek Hill, also huge week. And Cooper Cup, huge week as well. (laughs) <laughs> Huge week as always for Cooper Cup. No questions asked. Cole Komet and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, top tight end of the week. Cole Komet, second tight end of the week. And uh, this is, again, think about it. If we're boiling it down to Chicago Bears taking a mold of Baltimore's offense and putting it into their own, Cole Komet becomes much more versatile in that offense in his role because who do the Ra- who do the Ravens target more than any other position group in their offense? It's tight end, as we saw last night. You don't need Mark Andrews if you're the Baltimore Ravens because you just have Isaiah Likely who comes in and it's like Mark Andrews never left. So Cole Komet probably seeing upside if they're going to keep running these kinds of plays. Travis Etienne going up against that Raiders defense. Makes things interesting, if I say so myself. And he did his work against them, thus being the flex of the week. But you would have had him as a starter. But like I said, we're we're simulating a fantasy lineup here that would be interesting with three wide receivers. Just to call out the best players of the week. Patriots defense, special teams, top of the week. Nick Folk, top kicker of the week for the Pats. The breakout team this week, I mean, there's nobody really that I would say was new that came to the party. So I'm not going to really talk about them because our breakouts would have basically been the same as the All-Fantasy Week 9. So, you know, Justin Fields, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne. I mean, yeah, you had Christian Kirk, Michael Hardman, Jalen Waddell, and Kate Otten. I'll give them some honorable mentions there, but I'm not going to say, uh, you know, 
there's an all breakout candidate here. But yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. And then we're going switching things over to the dynamic duos. Had the Dolphins, Tua, Tagovailoa, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Jeff Wilson Jr. This, this, like, honestly, you could have probably drafted all Dolphins and you would have been successful this season. The same with the Bengals in certain respects. So, and, and, well, this duo right here, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, weak winners for sure. The weight that you would hold in your fantasy league just with this duo alone, it it could be playoff. It could be league championship, like worthy. And then also mix in like Michael Hardman, Juju Smith Schuster, those another great duo. You know to combine with that those guys, the package deal, Kansas City Chiefs, and then. Yeah, Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, and then Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon for our dynamic duos slash, you know, looking at it from a fantasy outlook point, you would have had these any of these combination of stacks with quarterbacks and position players, you'd be feeling pretty good about yourself and your lineup coming out of week nine. So then for my buys this week, I like buying Cole Komet. I like buying Cade Otten. And then I am going to pass on Derek McKinnon's performance because I just don't know how consistent that Kansas City backfield is with the way Patrick Mahomes plays. And Patrick Mahomes running the ball a lot as well in the game the other night. So um, Raheem Blackshear, the really deep leagues, you'd, you'd pick him up, but I don't anticipate him being too much of a threat in Carolina's backfield. Dante Foreman did not play well, and you could tell they were missing Chuba Hubbard. So I would rather have Chuba than than uh, Raheem, but who knows what will happen there. And then I'm holding on Noah Fant because, I, you know, yeah, he played. He was one of the better tight ends for Seattle, but he's not consistently the dude. And... In terms of who's scoring the touchdowns at tight end, I'm assuming if you need him, you you'd take him. But yeah, and then Chris Moore, I just am not going to pick that up because that could be fool's gold. And then yeah, I'm just I'm just concerned about certain position groups on other players for for other teams. For example, the Packers. It's so tough to gauge with them right now. The way they played against Detroit, it, I don't want to say it's indicative of what the rest of the season is going to be, but I'm really concerned about playing any players from the Packers right now because of their offense production, and I just don't understand why they're trying to be so cute at the goal line and throwing, trying to throw design passes to an offensive lineman where they have to declare him as a receiver. So... If the Packers are going to keep on doing that, not worth it in my book. I am interested in submitting any position players that are on teams like Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, if I need like a spot start. DeAndre Carter for the Chargers, 
interesting buy this week because they need more production in that receiving department. Josh Palmer as well, a good buy just because he is one of the few receivers as long as Big Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out. The receivers in this offense, somebody has to get them the ball. Terrace Marshall Jr. is an interesting pickup as well, considering that he was part of that LSU group that is thriving in the NFL. So that's one to watch out for. Chris Moore, Houston. Yep. As we told you, Sal, not really interested. Scotty Miller, not really interested either. And Marvin Jones Jr., not really interested in terms of players that performed above expectations last weekend. Raheem Blackshear and Kenneth Gainwell. Jarek McKinnon, yeah, not really interested in that either. Quarterbacks, though, I mean, Baker, but nobody's going to pick him up either. He will probably be playing, though, for the Carolina Panthers, as I think this P.J. Walker experiment has been done with. Players that, I mean, I've so I've seen a couple players, too, that uh, are trade-worthy as well. If you are, like, say you're heavy in an asset, like I am in one of my leagues at wide receiver, what I did was I traded for a midline running back. I'm not, I know that I'm not going to necessarily win with Devin Singletary, but I know that he's a part of an offense that's explosive and he has the ability to make plays in the offense. And I don't think that they're going to run the ball with Josh Allen as much because of his injury. So Devin Singletary, kind of a safe play. Another team that I would probably sell a lot of players on right now is the Indianapolis Colts. That whole situation with Frank Wright getting fired and then them going and hiring a TV personality, former player Jeff Saturday. I'm not trying to say Jeff Saturday doesn't know football, but I question his NFL coaching ability. It feels like something that the owner of the Indianapolis Colts just wanted to do just to hang out with him more than anything. And... It's not that I don't like Jim Irsay. It's just that I think that this is this is a sign of way of the flag. We're in trouble here, which is a shame for players like Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, Alec Pierce, players who do have fantasy upside that are no longer going to be. I I just don't. I think that they're not good assets anymore from a fantasy perspective. So. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll all be proved wrong and Jeff Saturday turns out to be a great coach. But in the meantime, I am selling the Indianapolis Colts. Any position player I have, you gotta try to make you gotta try to salvage what you have. Jonathan Taylor owners in fantasy football this year, not very successful. One of them in one of my leagues, no wins on the year. So with that being said, I am selling Indianapolis Colts. Period. I'd rather have Carolina Panther players than the Indianapolis Colts players because at least in Carolina players, they're playing for jobs, potentially other places, or to stay on this current NFL roster. Indianapolis Colts veterans already have proven themselves 
already have been paid. Now, what what are they playing for? You got to think in the psyche of NFL teams. What what are the Indianapolis Colts playing for? They don't have much to play for anymore. The season's done for them. There's no moral victories in the NFL. So then I do like what the Falcons have going on right now, especially with Cordell Patterson coming back. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I like Marcus Mariota as a start next week against the Carolina Panthers. So if he's available in your league, take advantage of that. But I'm not necessarily going to play anybody outside of Mariota and Cordero Patterson. Maybe Tyler Algier. And, oh, Kyle Pitts, duh. So there's a good option there as well. And then looking at anybody that is a tight end playing the the Raiders tends to be a weak spot in their radar as well. And I'm not sure if where it'll be interesting to see what happens with Denver and Chase Edmonds. So I'm not saying he's a buy, but he might be one. And I'm sure you can get him on the cheap considering that we don't even know what Denver team we're going to get after this buy. I consistently don't know what Denver team we're going to get. So hope that helps a little bit. Um, I know that that's not as defined, but I kind of mushed, you know, I'm mushing my whole Wednesday episode into this little radar. I hope it works for everybody as we get guests integrated in the episode. It should be a lot more interesting and a lot more uh, insightful. But yeah, so that is that for week nine in the waiver wire. So and we'll take a quick break, get a few ads from our sponsors, and thanks for bearing with me as I'm figuring out this new way to do my, the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. Hello. This is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right. Hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsor. Thank you for listening. Sponsors. Sorry about that. All right. So looking at the matchups for week 10, we have a doozy for Thursday night football where Atlanta is traveling to the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, we like Cordell Patterson, Marcus Mariota in this game. I would also be playing Dante Foreman and Chuba Huber, Chuba, <laughs> Chuba Hubbard as potential running back options, as well as we know, 
it could be a good option. Atlanta's defense might be a sneaky play here. They're available on a lot of waiver wires, so I'm not sure if I'm necessarily interested in buying too much of Carolina's offense unless I absolutely have to. Terrence Marshall, for example. Tommy Tremble has been getting uh, targets in the end zone. You're, if you're playing Carolina players, you're looking for garbage time at the best. You know, Atlanta got their reserves in and Carolina's playing what they're playing. But outside of that, I'm not really interested in much of Carolina unless I'm in a desperate situation. But yeah, Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Marcus Mariota, those are the three I'm most interested in playing. I suppose you could try Tyler Algier, but I'm not as confident in his abilities as this Atlanta team is kind of strange and they don't really throw the ball much. So there's that as well. Caleb Huntley, um, also a good option too. So uh, it's all it's all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Um, I'm not knocking anybody for playing anybody in this game, but you know who makes plays when it matters most. It could either be a blowout or it could be something close, as we have found out. This Carolina team has been frisky, so... Uh, it's up to you, honestly. I do think I am interested in Atlanta's defense, though. I have uh, the Bengals' defense in one of my leagues, and they're on a bye. So Atlanta's defense, definitely on my radar. Now, uh, we have a game in Europe again. This is our first game in Germany, where Seattle and Tampa Bay are traveling across the pond to play a game in, uh, I I forget where it is in Germany specifically. Somebody will correct me on that. But Seattle, Tampa Bay traveling this is an interesting game. Obviously, we don't really know what to think. From the, if we were obviously fast forward or rewind to the beginning of the season when we saw this matchup, everybody would have said Tampa Bay, no brainer. But Seattle's interesting. Seattle's sneaky. I would be playing Seattle's position group. I would potentially be playing Geno, depending on my circumstances. And I would definitely be playing Kenneth Walker. That's about it for Seattle side. Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I'm playing Tom Brady. Maybe. if I feel like if you have Tampa Tom, you're going to play him. So you might as well. But the Seattle, young Seattle defense, they're, they're legit and they don't mess around. So you can't be too dire straits to be too frustrated with their capabilities. So I don't know. Pass on Seattle's defense. You know who you're playing from Tampa Bay if you have them. They have their stalwarts, and that's about it. Minnesota going to Buffalo, and this is an interesting game, actually, because both teams have dynamic weapons, and I would say Buffalo might have the edge on defense, but Minnesota's defense isn't a slouch either, so... This could be interesting because Buffalo is still licking their wounds from the Jets game last week. And obviously, Minnesota's gotten a little more versatile with on offense with TJ Hawkinson. So, yeah, playing TJ Hawkinson, playing Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook on offense, maybe I'm squeezing Thielen in there in the flex, not starting him at maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Give him, give it to him. Thielen, Thielen's in, and Kirk Cousins in if he's your quarterback. It's it's a risky play, but I think that Minnesota's offense is up for the challenge of Buffalo's defense. This is going. We're going to find out how good Minnesota is with this game. This is going to be a true test for Minnesota on the road, in a rowdy place, 
It's an early day game, so normally Kirk Cousins plays well in those scenarios, but this could be an interesting one. And then on the Buffalo side, you obviously you're playing Josh Allen if you have him. Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs. I would play Devin Singletary and potentially Isaiah McKenzie, depending on what you need. I don't think Naheem Hines coming in is going to necessarily affect Singletary's workload, but I could be wrong. You know, they they might try to mix him in for a touchdown. Dawson Knox could be a good play as well. So you could you both teams have good position players, but I'd say the three that really the three players in this matchup that really change games be Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis. Stefan Diggs, this I think this is Stefan Diggs' first time playing against his old team. So Stefan Diggs will want to make a play against the Vikings as he was barking against the Packers. I think this is a Stefan Diggs wants to take it to his division. Detroit at Chicago. This one could be a doozy. Um, not a doozy in the sense of like it's going to be a bad game, but I think there's just going to be a lot of points. It could be interesting because both defenses um, do not play very well. Justin Jefferson looking at a potential repeat of last week, maybe in a different fashion, but I don't see why he can't ball out again. I would say they're going to want to get their running backs more involved because Justin Jefferson can't be doing that every week. But Justin Jefferson will get the opportunities to get his in this game. I think I'm playing Montgomery and Herbert at RB2. RB2. And then... I also enjoy the potential of Chase Claypool in this one, perhaps. Look for him to potentially get involved. He might be a sneaky receiver start. And then for the Detroit side, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously, Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, dilemma there. Identity crisis in that backfield, as we thought it was DeAndre Swift's, but Jamal Williams, he's the goal line guy. And that's about it. Um, I'm not sure who else to play there. I'm not really interested in Goff. I don't know much about their tight ends that they brought up from their practice squad, even though they had some success. Apparently, like, two brothers, which is really cool. Like, when you get to play on the same NFL team as your brother, got to admit, that's pretty special. But um, in terms of fantasy, we need to see consistency in performance. And right now, Amon Ross St. Brown in this one and Jamal Williams, only two that I'm really intrigued by, to be frank. So with that being said, that is that. Oh, and Justin Jefferson. Interesting, Justin Jefferson. Jacksonville at Kansas City. Oh, man, I don't like this one for Jacksonville at all, but I feel like you have to play Travis Etienne if you have him, potentially Christian Kirk, depending on your receiver situation. And then Kansas City, you're going to play Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And that's it because, well, all right. I would say that Nicole Hardman is definitely making a case for himself to be the main receiver in this offense. And Juju Smith-Schuster has been getting more involved too. So I would say you should play those two guys as well. It's Jacksonville we're talking about. Justin Watson also keep making a name for himself in that Kansas City offense. I'm not sure what to expect consistently week in and week out though. But it seems like Nicole Hardman has been the one guy that is always there and always doing work for Patrick Mahomes so I yeah you could go there there are worse wide receivers to play than Michael Hardman so probably mostly a flex for any of those position players outside of 
Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but still potential there nonetheless. And Jacksonville, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. That's about it for me there. Cleveland going to Miami. And I believe that they're coming off a bye. So let's just take a quick peek here. I apologize. So Cleveland and Miami. Nick Chubb is obviously going to play. He's going to ball out. They didn't have a bye last week. Did they? Yes, they did. Okay. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were the starts in this one, I believe, in certain capacities, depending on how your lineup is set up. Amari Cooper, obviously. And that's all I'm really interested in on the Cleveland side of the ball. And then Miami, you have Tua, Tyreek, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and Jalen Waddell. I think that all four of those guys are start-worthy in this offense. And for fantasy especially, it seems like there's enough work for everybody. What is a little frustrating, though, for Ezra, if you have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson kind of came in and crashed the party. And it's going to depend on the week, week in and week out. It seems like Jeff Wilson will get the lion's share of the carries. But Raheem Mostert is still going to get those opportunities as this is San Francisco chip off the old San Francisco block, the Shanahan block. So look for those two guys to keep getting involved as Mike McDaniel likes getting a lot of different players involved in the offense in Miami. Houston going up to the New York Giants. I like New York's defense in this one, especially. I like Saquon. I like Daniel Jones. I don't know about the receivers. Wandell Robinson, probably the only one I would really want to play. But Slayton has been making plays as well. So there's that. Houston, it's Damian Pierce. That's all I got. Denver at Tennessee. Now, this will be interesting. I think Tennessee is going to work the Broncos, just work them. The defense has been playing well for Tennessee. This might be the best defense play of the week. I'm not confident in Denver's ability to do anything. Now, maybe the maybe the bye week will give us something to give us something to think about, but I can't I can't confidently say at all. And it's just so frustrating. They're so frustrating to watch. And they're, it's like the Packers and the Broncos and the Raiders are just so frustrating to watch sometimes. I'd say the Packers, for me, Packers and Broncos just in general, it's like pulling teeth. At least the Raiders sometimes score points. But, man, it, it's going to be a doozy. So Tennessee... I like Derrick Henry, and I don't think they're throwing the ball to anybody really with Malik Willis. So it's just a time time and thing for Willis. Eventually, he'll get more opportunities, but it's just not not yet. And then Denver, I suppose if you have to play somebody, Melvin Gordon would be your best bet. Cortland Sutton has been frustrating this season. Judy hasn't been what... Judy's been a little better, but not by much. And just, you know, all fantasy standards for 
this Broncos team. Just throw them out. Russell Wilson shouldn't even be rostered at this point, I feel like. And they're just so frustrating. So, so frustrating. So, yeah, why even bother sometimes, right? And then, yeah, Tennessee, Derrick Henry, that's it. Maybe Hilliard, if you need a desperate running back start, this could be a good one for him considering that he is second fiddle Derrick Henry, but he still is out there on third down in a lot of passing situations, so he'd be a good one to play as well. New Orleans at Pittsburgh. We like Alvin Kamara here. We like Chris Olave. Juwan Johnson is making a case for himself, and he you should probably play him at tight end. Taysom Hill, he's, he's going to have his moments. He's going to have his packages, but... I would say that those are your guys that you're looking for there. And then on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, it's kind of interesting because Najee Harris has not been playing up to standard. So Jalen Warren might be one to pick up, not to start, but just to hold on to. Pickens is looking like a must play at receiver. You're going to play Deontay Johnson. And I think you'd play Pat Fryermuth too if you had him. So. That's it for Pittsburgh. Not a whole lot though. I'm not I'm not confident in Pittsburgh. There Deontay Johnson is probably the only guy I really would want for Pittsburgh and Pickens. Those two guys. Outside of that, not really sure what to expect from the running back side, which is so sad because Najee Harris was so good last year, but I guess that's what happens when you own a backfield all to yourself. And then we have the Colts, the Jeff Saturday coached Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Josh McDaniels coached Las Vegas Raiders. Vegas, if Vegas doesn't win this game, football's broken. I'm sorry. The Indianapolis Colts, they they have nothing going for them right now. Pitt, Vegas has the players. They have Hunter Renfro, De- Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs been playing incredible this season. I don't think Waller's Waller's not back yet, is he? I don't think so. But if you're the Raiders, you have to be able to beat this Colts team right now with the way they're playing. You gotta, you have to. I'm pleading with you. Okay, Darren Waller still questionable. If he's back this week, you play him without a doubt. So, otherwise, Foster Moreau is a decent play as well. I expect this Raiders team to make easy work of this Colts team, but expectations for the Raiders haven't necessarily been their strong suit. So Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs are the only two we can do with confidence, but I suppose Mac Collins and Hunter Renfro are worth considering as well. As for the Colts, Jonathan Taylor's not healthy. I'm not really looking at playing anybody. Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman, I have no idea what to expect from them. I suppose you can play them because it's not like Vegas has been consistent in certain offensive defense situations, but I just don't trust the Colts right now. It's bad, 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 bad in Indy. Dallas traveling to Green Bay. Now, Dallas's defense, you're playing them no matter what. Um, you're also going to play Dak. Yep, you're playing Dak. You're playing Schultz. You're playing 
Pollard, Elliott, any of those guys, I would be playing them. C.D. Lamb, the Packers defense has not been playing super well. On the Packers side, you're playing Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, and that's about it. Maybe you want to give Tanya a start, but I don't know what to expect from Green Bay. They're going up against Micah Parsons-led defense here, and Mike McCarthy, his homecoming to Green Bay too, so they're definitely going to have a little extra juice for playing against them as well. So there's that. Um, And then we have Arizona at the LA Rams for the afternoon slot on the West Coast. I mean, you're going to play DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, maybe Kyler Murray. It's not like the Rams have been giving us a lot of confidence either this season. Uh, For the Rams, I'm only interested in playing Cooper Cup. Nobody else. Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. Hmm. Uh, oh, Ertz. Yep. Ertz is, you must play Ertz. And that's about Kyler. Yeah, you're probably going to play Kyler. I'm not as confident in any of their offense, just in generally speaking, but you kind of have to. I don't even know. Cardinals are a difficult animal to pick together because Cliff Kingsbury's play calling is just so bizarre like they are on 20 different sets in a game and they just don't look like they have a direction sometimes so I like the Rams better in this game but the car the Rams are broken too so the Cardinals could easily pull out the victory LA Chargers then for Sunday night football going to San Francisco up in the Bay Area so we like the Chargers for DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer, Garrett Wilson. Not Garrett Wilson, I apologize. That's the Jets. Uh, we like them. Oh, man. Brain fart here for the Chargers tight end. Gerald Everett, my bad. Those are the only three I'm really interested. Oh, do Austin Eckler, must start. Out of all the Chargers, Austin Eckler, top dog. So those are my Charger plays there. San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. And that is about it. Maybe Jimmy G. I feel like Jimmy G. This is a good Jimmy G game. Um, It could be a good one at least. As the San Francisco team should be able to make quick work of this LA Chargers team as their defense is all hurt and their offense is in shambles so Herbert also just hasn't been playing very well either as her didn't even mention Herbert but if I'm playing Justin Herbert I might be (sighs) Justin Herbert owners have you looked for other options yet because it's kind of frustrating seeing his performances probably week in week out Then Monday night, an NFC beast matchup. Washington traveling to Philly. And for that one, it's Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia's defense. Boston, not Boston Scott. What am I saying here? Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, been cooking lately. I'm not, if if this is Devontae Smith's role to be the decoy for A.J. Brown, I'm not really interested in playing him too much because 
you could get more production from other receivers. It just doesn't seem like the offense is demanding him as much. And Dallas Goddard is also taking up a good amount of targets as well. So I might sit Devontae Smith out this one. You kind of want to play him because you never know when he could go off. But I feel like you could find better production elsewhere. And then on the Washington side of the ball, I feel like I'm giving Terry McLaurin a shot because Tyler Heineke is going to give him those opportunities, Taylor Heineke. And then Gibson, perhaps. Gibson and Robinson, it's the backfield feels a little sus. I, I just don't like having to play a Washington running back right now, especially with the front that Philadelphia has. So look for Philly to just bust them up as they did at Washington that one day. They've already played once. It was an ugly game. I feel like Philly will make this game just miserable for Washington. So, yeah, that's that's the Week 10 slate, obviously, with the buys. Cincinnati owners, uh, if you have a lot of Bengals on your team, you're probably sitting pretty, so you might be taking the week off. But field a team. Don't be that guy in your league. Get some... At least put a team out there for your league mates to actually feel like they're competing. And who knows? You might pick somebody up off the waiver wire and you'll end up winning because they go off. Who would have thought? New England also with the bye. New York Jets, Baltimore Ravens. So Lamar owners have a plan. Mark Andrew owners. Mark Andrews owners have a plan. Anybody who has a lot of Ravens on their team get a plan together so that is it then for week 10 preview i know the show sounds a little disjointed and discombobulated this is early days we're going to improve it every week that's my goal is to just get this show back on a rolling schedule as my schedule has gotten completely off the rails but Continue looking for the episode. Every Wednesday, we'll come out with it. We're going to preview the previous week, or we're going to review the previous week, and then we're going to preview the upcoming week. We're going to have guests. We're going to make it as interesting as we can. I know that my sections are going to be a bit more abridged, but maybe that'll make for a better show in the long run. I don't know, but I appreciate everybody who listens to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you, Phantom Sports Industries, for giving me the opportunity to do this podcast I'm going to continue bringing it every week, even the off-season. We're going to start introducing some stuff, more things, more interviews, different things like that, different guests, and ultimately just have a great week 10. Don't fall for the projections. Play the players that you know are going to have a good game, who have the best matchups, who are playing against the terrible defenses. ESPN's projections, garbage. Sleeper's projections, a little bit better. Uh, It's just tough to gauge sometimes, you know. You don't know who's going to produce. But don't fall in the trap of playing players that are only projected to have the best scores. Play the players that have the best matchups. With that being said, this has been the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a special episode. And with that being said, you all have a great rest of your evening. Peace.